my name's Peter Bell. I'm founder and CTO at CTO Connection, a community where senior engineering leaders can share problems and get answers. Check us out at ctoconnection.com. Today, I'm going to be chatting with Mai Irie. Mai is a director of engineering, but twice in the last two years, she's had to deal with managing the engineering org after her CTO or their equivalent left. In this interview, we'll look at some best practices for taking over an engineering org in times of transition. First, I want to take a moment to thank our partners. AWS is our global partner, and for 2021, Code Climate, Carrot, and LaunchDarkly are our sustaining sponsors. And without them, we couldn't afford to create these resources for the community. So thanks so much. So Mai, thanks so much for taking the time to join me today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Peter. So I, I'd love to dive straight into this topic because it's absolutely fascinating to me. And I know you, you've had this experience twice now. So maybe focusing on the second time where you had like a little bit of time to reflect and say, how can I do it better? What was the first thing you did when you found you were losing your engineering leader? Yeah. So the second time around, I made, um, I made sure that I took a moment to breathe, right? <laughs> The first time, and I think the second time too, I thought it was a joke or maybe I misheard the information. <laughs> and so, um, you know, when you ever, whenever you have a big transition or change, there's all sorts of emotions and feelings that come up. And so a book that, um, that I think really describes this feeling um, really well is um, one by uh, William Bridges. It's called Managing um, Transitions, Making the Most of the Change, and really describes this feeling um, that I feel both times um, pretty accurately. So there's, there's that psychological impact, right, of when you have uh, that, that information that you're processing in real time, and at the same time, um, a, a, um, a sense of grief, if you will, of, of your own identity changing at that very moment, right? Um, so with the feelings of like shock, a little denial, of course, that continues for a bit, um, and some some apprehension, maybe a little sadness, right? Um, there's at that same time in parallel, these this flood of like uncertainty or, or questions and worries about, oh, what are my responsibilities gonna be? And some self-doubt too. So the second time around, I recognized all of those feelings and emotions and, and really made sure to, to take a moment to breathe. And I think because it happened, it's happened twice now, there's a bit of humor that also came around and they're like, oh my gosh, this is happening again? Like, are you kidding me? What's going on here? <laughs> so that's great. So once you like, Kind of saw the humor in the moment, but also you, you yeah. breathe through that initial, oh no, like this isn't happening. Like, you know, seven stages, right? And you yeah, kind of I got through the, the whole process. <laughs> what did you do next? Like, what was the next thing you did? Yeah. So just like, you know, how I was feeling these, um, these feelings and having these thoughts, my very next step was to think about how the um, leadership change is going to impact the wider team. Right. So um, just imagine, just taking stock of like how I was feeling in that moment, like likely um, if this happens <laughs> to other folks um, in the same way that it's happened to me, um, your team members are going to have similar feelings. There, there might even be um, 
maybe even more heightened emotions um, to the point of like overreaction, if possibly, um, and thinking like, oh no, the ship is like, is it sinking? Like what's going on here? So way more bigger emotions are, are, um, are possible on the team. Yeah, so it, it, the very next step is to think about that impact on the wider team. Got it. And then so presumably at some point in time, it's like, okay, we got over the seven stages. We realized that there mm. may be issues with team, uh, but you've got to have this discussion with the departing leader. So how did you yeah. handle that first kind of planning meeting or Zoom call uh, post-announcement? Uh, with the planning leader, yeah. Yeah, so I think uh, it is so key both for like the departing leader and also the team um, is to over communicate. So like, there's no moment then now to really be clear as to like, what is the plan for the interim? Like if it's even if it's not half baked, like how are we going to communicate out? Like, this is who is involved in the decision. This is when how what we're thinking about it, we might not have all the pieces we're targeting this date to have this answer to give to you. Um, what is the plan for the future and now and how will folks in the team be involved in creating this new future, right? There's also this, this. It's, it, I mean, it makes so much sense, right? Like I, I've had really respected leaders who have, who have departed um, to take a moment to acknowledge that loss, right? Like there's um, somebody who's, who's had a, a great impact on the organization has like probably served in a great mentoring capacity um managed folks on the team has in have an impact on on your own career certainly for me that's been the case um and and acknowledging and talking about it and in a way celebrating it right um and i think it makes sense to celebrate and talk about it both like with the departing leader but also like with the whole team as well there's this moment where you're you're definitely like pairing two different things at the same time acknowledging the contributions and celebrating you know the impact that that person has had while at the same time talking about what is going to remain consistent right and like what could change and and um in terms of consistency i like to think about um who is remaining on the team, right? There's all sorts of people on the team who are like the cultural pillars, right? Of the engineering organization. Sure, the, the leader is, is helping to bolster and strengthen and, and, and really create a positive uh, culture, but it's not just a community of one. Um, so there is a continuation in the philosophy and practices and the impact of that person. Um, and there's also this opportunity, right, to think about, oh, what are our needs now and in the future? What experiences would make sense to add to the table? Like, let's open this conversation up a little bit and, and talk about it. I think that's the positive um, part of of this kind of transition that's it's that's good to talk about it gives the um uh uh, uh an entryway for folks to um share their ideas and and be more open about their feedback as well that makes a bunch of sense so 
obviously you talked a little earlier about this could have a big impact on the team and i mean that's both from mm. a morale perspective like are we going to lose the team mm. and from a productivity perspective like are we really going to yeah. you know kill it this sprint or are there going to be a, a few bumps just with with people being a little concerned and not quite sure what's happening next so how did you think about engaging with the team and and providing kind of a, a stable footing to handle that transition yeah, I mean, if we have a, a one thing that, you know, I'm sure most engineering leaders, if not all, have learned in reflecting in the past year, right, of all the um, changes and, and things going on in our world and, and you know, internally at different companies, like, it is another moment to make space, right, to ensure that, like, your culture is stronger and people form deeper relationships um, by making space. And by making space, I mean um, uh, having some forums where you are working together to create this continuation and an even more positive future um, looking space that like honors the past and, and doesn't create this negative spiral that can happen with like really siloed conversations. So examples like, ask me anything um, are really helpful. Um, they're hard, <laughs> be prepared for some hard hitting questions. Um, and so um, the preparation I would say for that is definitely um, an anonymous form that people submit to you prior. So you can, you know, as a leader, mentally prepare yourself for some of the concerns that people are gonna bring to the table. Obviously one-to-ones also a, um, another great space um, and it may involve some skip level conversations as well. If your teams are doing uh, full team retros, depending on the size of the team, um, team retros or like um, uh, retros that are like focusing on certain groups that work together really closely and having those as other forums to like check people's battery levels. Like I think like a really easy question is like, what's your battery level? Are you like zero, 50, 75? Let's talk about that. Um, and and really um, taking a step back to think about, okay, who's most impacted by this change? And do we have realistic expectations um, on how somebody's gonna show up to work, right? Um, and if there's wiggle room to think about that, yeah. Or you're gonna say something? Oh, sorry, I was just gonna ask. So, I mean, it's interesting you talk about the AMAs too. Um, one thing I've noticed is it seems that almost yeah. the the more psychological safety and the better the culture is, the more difficult the AMA questions can actually end up being. It's actually a positive sign that they're asking really tough <laughs> questions. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it is. Let me just tell you, uh, you after running an AMA, you might need a little break yourself. <laughs> it is. Um, the, a lot of people have um, really good questions, things that like um, are good to bring to the table if, if you know it isn't on your radar to think about. So I find them so valuable. Um, it's just another way for the teams to come together and have the same conversation as a group um, and form that stronger relationship instead of like just only focusing on the one-to-ones or single team retros. So we talked a lot about the, the AMAs, the skip levels, the one-on-ones, the things you can do to ensure that you check in with the team, identify problems early and, and make sure that everyone's in a good space. Mm -hmm. How do you think about productivity over those first few weeks after the announcement? Mm. 
Yeah. So, um, yeah, I touched on this a little bit um, in that, uh, you know, if there is some breathing room that makes sense to add in, like, think about that. If there are quick wins um, to build the team's confidence, like, hey, we still got this. Of course we do. Why not? Um, I, I think those are important to identify and focus. And and also just like celebrating um, uh, the, the good normal work. One thing that is really key to be careful of is a shift to like, oh, wow, now we've got to like really lean in um, and, and, and lean into this hero kind of culture. There's this like sense of pressure that can arise as well. And so I think it's really important to balance that um, so folks don't feel like a strange shift. Because one thing for sure, like for me, like I definitely had a lot more on my plate and I had to be careful about how I was modeling that to the team and what I was focusing on prioritizing. So I wasn't stretching myself then either. And then, so that's a perfect segue. So I'm guessing the transition was stressful for you. You are suddenly doing two people's job and the job is more difficult because you're handling the transition. <laughs> how do you manage your own state and productivity through the transition so that you can be effective, but also still take care of yourself? Yeah, I I think um, so. One thing that I I want to say first is, is having grace. I'm not good at being kind to myself. I have really high expectations for myself. Um, so if it's uh, finding a buddy, if you will, whether internally or externally, um, to help remind you, like, hey, here are the things that like you said you wanted to focus on and were most critical, like. Forget the other stuff. And hey, like you don't have to do all the things all at once. So I found that um, first uh, keeping that in mind and, and having grace for myself was number one because uh, definitely um, a lot of gaps to fill in, a lot of um, depending on how much overlap in the transition, how the transition is going, um, uh, there's a good amount of work to do. And a short amount of time even if the transition like is lasts for a bit there's never enough time there's never uh, <laughs> enough time for offboarding <laughs> somebody could offboard forever you're like please don't don't go <laughs> <laughs> so um i think that like it's okay if things drop or if you make mistakes but to own that right if something drops and creates a fire for somebody um this is a, the perfect moment to continue modeling like, hey, I've made a mistake. This is, um, you know, what I can do differently, whether that means, hey, I've got too much on my plate. I need to like delegate or deputize or ask for more help. Or I just need to be clear in terms of setting expectations. Um, all this is great modeling um, in this leadership position. And it also shows the team that like, yeah, okay, there's things are not going to be perfect, but that's still okay. We don't need to strive for perfection. Um, and I think that's, that's so, so key. Um, the other thing that goes really well with that obviously is the focus and prioritization. Um, if you're going to say, okay, this is not something I'm going to worry about right now. Um, there are many techniques for 
prioritizing whether it's like most important thing I need to do today or the quadrant pilot or what have you, whatever is working for, for, for you. Um, it is really important to be really clear about what is critical and why to communicate, over communicate, um, why you're working on the thing and, 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 you know, that you're not going to be working on this other thing and set some boundaries. Like you cannot do all the things. So it's okay to say no um, and say like, Hey, I can't get to this this week. This is what I'm focusing on and why we'll have to pick that up next week. Got it. Yeah. And then any other advice, just general advice you might share for engineering leaders if they were thrust into a, a position like this? Yeah. So something that both experiences so far have taught me is that there, with the new responsibility, there's also like a big door that opens, a lot of possibilities. So just like I talked about the possibility and the opportunity for um, new skills to add to the team or, or another opening for the team to reimagine uh, or not really reimagine, but to to talk about like, oh, what, how do we want to move this um, engineering uh, organization forward? There's also this um, opening for yourself. So that's what I've learned. Like, I had greater autonomy, I have greater autonomy, like I'm able to make more decisions, take some risks. And and also um, I leaned into building a stronger network too, because I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I need to like talk to some people who've been here um, uh, and and uh, get some advice, some mentorship and, and just hear how other organizations are, are doing. And that really opened my eyes to like, oh, wow, yeah, here's some other um, areas of focus and then things to, to ponder and think about. Is this something that relates to my own organization or just something to think about for the future? So also really eye-opening to really lean into your network, expand it and, and have those conversations. Um, and recognizing the constraints of of your own position like i'm not an executive so therefore i'm not privy to all the information i'm not in all the de decision making uh meetings or in the conversations so there is that constraint so um at times i found this frustrating um and it was a really great moment to be really curious about that frustration is it just because oh i just want the seat at the table or i want the information what and it led me to think about what are the pain points that are surfacing as a result of this constraint? Like how, and then refocus like on the solutions that I can bring to the table. Like, hey, because I'm not involved in X, Y, Z, here is the impact of this. And if we shift this or I'm more involved in this way, um, I can be a better partner um, for blah, 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 right? So I think like stepping back from those from that initial um, feeling and, and asking a lot of questions have really also opened my eyes and more opportunities to, to collaborate as well. And um, let's see, what else? I think like the biggest thing is, is that I never, you know, uh, I was not a person who ever, ever considered a CTO role ever like ever in my career that's not happening 
I'm not experienced. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't want that responsibility, right? Not happening for me. Um, and uh, both of these experiences has given me greater confidence to reaffirm that, hey, I might not know like all the things I know how to, how to um, arrive to certain um, answers and I have some experience to bring to the table. Um, and, and it really was eye-opening for me um, in, in that I had, it pushed me to have greater courage, right? To own it, if you will, to see myself in a different light. And I'm really grateful for the challenge um, that this experience has, um, has, has given me. So the only thing that, the, so I talked about like me, but I think like in terms of like advice for a leader in this position outside of like thinking about your own goals and like the opportunity, um, there is also these, it's really important to, to check in on that, that team culture continuously, probably more often um, than, than you previously were. Um, thinking about process as well, like uh, are there things that make sense to, to remove? Are there things that make sense to shore up? Um, really um, helping the team continue to grow um, and, and do great work. Um, so just like team dynamics change when somebody joins or leaves a engineering team, the same thing can happen with this leadership transition. That's great. Just to ask a couple more questions. Um, how, the interesting mm. thing, as you said, you're, you're not an executive, and yet effectively you are responsible for filling an executive role until until you know either you get promoted or or they they backfill the position. How much of your time was spent managing up and like in dealing with politics and oh, I got to keep the CFO happy, but if the COO is unhappy, versus actually managing down and making sure that your managers and your your team were were in good shape. Yeah, I think. It, it, I think it's, well, I did both, right? Um, and, and do both. Um, a lot of the managing up is, is setting expectations and also gaining that context and forming new, stronger relationships. Um, a lot of opportunity there to really understand um, what folks are, are thinking about, what their pain points are, what opportunities there are. Again, going back to those quick wins um, and, and ensuring like some good real um, alignment there. Um, for, I've talked a lot about managing the teams, but I think it is, uh, something that, um, uh, really was eye-opening for me just for both talking to folks externally, but also, um, being more part of the conversations is that business aspect, like the overall, like business, long-term business vision and having more, um, opportunity to think about uh, a longer term technical vision and, and what kind of investments that would make and, and, and really thinking like in a, in a much broader um, and higher level scope. Um, so yeah, that, that is, that's not really much so much managing up, but there's, there's more conversations and relationships to, to, to have and to build. Got it. And then I, I guess as a final question, given that you've been on the other side of this, do you have any advice for a potentially departing boss? If you could speak to a CTO who was just about to leave their team, what are some of the, the high yeah. points that you'd share that, that might help them to make the transition a little more seamless? 
Yeah, that's a really great question. So uh, I think it, and hopefully a lot of um, um, executive leaders are, are, are thinking about this if they are in that transition space, um, but it's all about how much are, are you involved right in certain decisions? Like how much have you deputized to the team um, to kind of own and be autonomous about? Um, who are uh, the folks that the team goes to rather than you? Um, and ensuring like that is the case, I think makes a, a, a smoother transition. Because one, it's not being transferred to a single person, it's already kind of distributed, if you will. Um, and so it's easy to point both to um, uh, the rest of the organization, like here's why things are in a good place and why I feel confident and why the next leader will be able to like kind of ease in here and make even more contributions. Um, and also to the team as well, like back to those cultural pillars, like, hey, this is, um, here's why I think, you know, uh, you guys, you you have this, you've got this, right? Uh, and and pointing to those examples those people the processes that are already in place um remind people like again just like for me like oh right like we do have the experience and skills and and things like kind of like already baked in my that was great thank you so much for taking the time to share your wisdom and your experiences yeah yeah i so appreciate the opportunity thank you so much <laughs>